What's up, everybody? Welcome to Uncommon Grounds, a production of the Quinnipiac University Podcast Studio. This is a podcast about students from our School of Communications. On this episode of Uncommon Grounds, host Chris Rausch interviews Sydney Reynolds, the third-year media studies major who has an apprenticeship with the Connecticut Critics Circle. She talks about studying abroad in Rome this past spring and the abrupt end to her experience due to COVID-19. Even though it was cut short, she looks back on some of her favorite memories in Italy, especially the food. Sydney also tells us about her apprenticeship with the Connecticut Critics Circle and her love for theater and storytelling. My name is Mike Bachman, and I'm the producer of the show. I'm also a graduate student in Quinnipiac School of Communications. Our executive producer and director of community programming is David DeRoche. On Common Grounds is hosted by Chris Rausch, dean of the School of Communications. Hope you enjoy, and thanks for listening. Welcome to Uncommon Grounds. This is a podcast about Quinnipiac University School of Communication students. My name is Dean Chris Rausch, and joining us today is Sydney Reynolds. Sydney is a media studies major at the school in the 3 Plus 1 program. Sydney, thank you for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. So I want to start by talking about your experience in Italy this spring. Uh, because it ended rather abruptly because of the COVID pandemic. So just to let listeners know, you were doing a semester abroad in Italy at John Cabot University, and then all of a sudden you had to come home. Tell us about that, I guess. (laughs) Yeah, it was, um, I think it was around February. I was in Rome, so I want to start by saying my experience in Rome was vastly different from those who were in Florence, because that's where the outbreak happened. Um, and that's four hours away from each other. So Florence is in the north. I was in the south-ish, central. Uh, but the first case in Rome happened around February. There were only three cases of coronavirus, and then nothing else happened for a month. And I was like, I'm fine. I got to see the Trevi Fountain. I got to go to Spain and see all these beautiful places. And then within a span of, not even kidding, a week, uh, we suddenly hear about 100 people who have it in Florence. And then uh, it grows and swells and it feels like all I'm seeing on the news, the news plays constantly in our dining hall. Um, I'm getting calls from the newspaper from our university. I'm hearing all of our social media, people asking me if I'm okay. Uh, My parents' friends are calling them asking if I'm okay. And then within that week where that big outbreak hit, I was suddenly told that I had to go home and I only had about five days to get home. Um, and how I was told, I think, I remember I was out, we knew that we were going to be sent home. And so we all went out, me and a big group of girls one night. And then we got an email around midnight that Italy had been raised to a level three. So that means basically, if you are not a resident, you need to get out of the country. So we knew that we would be get, we knew that night we'd be going home around four o'clock. That's when my program said we're suspended Four a.m. I stayed up. <laughs> they said we're suspending you guys. I called my dad right away at 4.30 a.m. So it was like 10 at night there. He called the airline right away. And I luckily got a seat on a flight for three days in three days time. So I had to pack up and everything and figure everything out very quickly. <laughs> How much time did the, did the country give you to, to get out? I forget if it was my program. It was mostly my program that I had to listen to. I had about a week to be able to figure everything out. Okay. And yet after you got back to the United States, you continued to take your classes. Is that correct? Yes. They had set up my university, I think, gave us about a week or two off 
or at least it was very much in the air. Like we didn't do a lot of work for those a week or two. And then we had established um, a website to talk to our professors. And because it was such an international student school, we had all different time zones. So at Quinnipiac, I heard some people had Zoom calls and my sisters who are in public school in New Jersey, they got to Zoom call their, their teachers. I didn't unfortunately have that experience because of the time zone. So I had a lot of um, online work and emails and talking to them. So it was nice. <laughs> but you were able to complete your classwork. Yes, I was. Excellent. And now that things have calmed down, would you go back to Italy? <laughs> uh, I think I definitely want to go back to Europe. That's for sure. Like, okay. uh, Italy was great and living there was great. But the things that I really regret not being able to see are all the different countries. I had so many trips planned for later in the year because I wanted to settle down first and then travel. So I would want to, I really want to go see Germany and the Netherlands and Croatia. That's what I had planned. So, <laughs> uh, favorite things in Italy. Well, what were some of the, the things that you, uh, that you did while you were in Italy that you, that you really liked? Um, the Pantheon was absolutely gorgeous. I unfortunately, apparently a choir sings there Wednesday mornings, and I didn't get to hear that, which makes made me sad. Uh, Florence, it was beautiful. I love the history of Florence. I watched a Netflix show about it, and I loved it. So to be able to walk where they shot the, the TV show was great. And the food, of course. You can never talk too much about the food. I had amazing pasta, so yeah. <laughs> I'll miss it. Yeah, I had gnocchi in Florence that just melted in my mouth. I, I think my last meal there was, um, what was it? It was like pumpkin truffle gnocchi. It was so good. I still have a picture of it on my phone. I miss it. <laughs> uh, did you get to Pompeii? No, I didn't. I think that was, I think I was going to do that for spring break. Uh, but I do want to go back and see that. I didn't get to see um, Venice either. So that was really upsetting. To me, Pompeii is amazing. Uh, we, my wife and I only spent one day there. We could have easily spent three days. That's how I felt about Florence, even though it was so small. It had so many museums. I only had 45 minutes to go in the biggest museum there, and I got to see the birth of Venus, but I wish I could have seen everything else. So much art and yeah. history. It was great. Did you do a tour of the Vatican? Uh, yes, I did a tour of the Vatican, and then I also went on a Sunday morning. Even though I'm not religious, I mean, if you're by the Pope, you have to see the Pope. So I went to see Pope Francis, and it was so cool. Excellent. Yeah. And please tell me that you took a picture inside the Sistine Chapel, even though it's illegal. Yes, I did. <laughs> <laughs> I did too. <laughs> yeah, you have to really sneak it. But And it was so funny because I had just watched the two popes and I was like, oh, it's so cool. This is so familiar. And I was like, oh, wait, it's also familiar because it's like an international landmark. So it was just really cool to go there. Uh, and, and last question on Italy before we move on. Uh, Cinque Terre, did you get to go there? No, I didn't. Okay. I highly recommend that as well. Next time. <laughs> I have to go back. Uh, Sydney, you're a media studies major. Why media studies? Uh, I actually, before I declared any sort of major, I thought about going to screenwriting because I think that I've always loved storytelling. I love developing characters, especially. That's my favorite thing. Uh, but screenwriting, I don't know. When I went to go to workshops, it felt like I was pigeonholing myself. I always freaked out. Um, well, what if I found out that I didn't actually want to do screenwriting and then I was three years into a degree and I suddenly don't know what to do. And then I went to the three plus one day at Quinnipiac and they talked more about the media studies major and how it was very broad and you can really 
see the whole field of communications. So I chose that because it felt like there were so many opportunities within that major. And then that's why I chose to, oh, I switched my minor a lot. So I found the perfect minor that would help me hone in on the skills that I love and then choosing a master's degree, which was more specific. So it gave me a very broad scope in terms of my major. And then I could really refine my skills in my master's degree and my minor. And, and what do you want to do when you graduate? What are your, what are your plans after the plus one master's program? You know, what's the, what's Sidney Reynolds, you know, dream job? Uh, I honestly don't know. I, I, if you ever take the 16 personalities test, I live by that test. It says, um, my personality is, what do you mean I can't be a scuba diver and an astronaut and a journalist all at once? Uh, I feel like I want to be everything um, all at the same time. But right now, what I'm really looking forward to is I got, uh, I don't want to say ambassadorship, but more like a, I joined a program with the Connecticut Critics Circle, the Theater Critics Circle, and I get to do that for a year of just reviewing theater and talking to amazing journalists who just see and write about theater. And I think that's something that might really further my career path. So uh, a theater critic or a film critic or both or? Perhaps. I feel like I'm going to be jumping around everywhere. But like I said, I also love storytelling. So if someone's like, hey, help me develop my story. Hey, do you want to help me with my film? I'm always so down to do that too. Okay. So I have to ask, uh, have you seen Hamilton on Disney Plus? Yes, I saw it live in 2016, 2017, and then I just watched it two nights ago. My grandparents are going to see it with us in a couple of days, and I, that's going to be my first theater review, actually, because I think I have an interesting perspective of seeing it in person and then seeing it in the pro shot. There's a very big difference, and especially with coronavirus, there's going to be this new age of online theater, which we've never seen before. So to be able to review it in its infancy is just so cool. So I'm excited. So how are you going to go see it in two days? Is it showing somewhere or? Oh no, I'm watching it on Disney Plus with my grandparents. Oh, okay, you're watching it, <laughs> just making sure. <laughs> so my wife and I saw it in person last December in New York. It wasn't the original cast. So to see it on Disney Plus and, and my wife made me watch it the first day it was available was, was really cool to be able to see the original cast. Um, oh, I didn't get to see the original cast either. Uh, so to be able to, I mean, you always, you always heard, I always heard, uh, that Leslie Adam Jr. and Chris Jackson, they were so fantastic and you can only imagine it when they're singing on the soundtrack, but to be able to see what they actually did, it's like an amazing yeah. opportunity. My, my wife is in love with the guy who plays Thomas Jefferson. Oh, he's David Diggs is yeah. <laughs> just as talented. He's just a hilarious, has a hilarious personality in real life too. So yeah. it was great. Yeah. <laughs> So Sydney, tell me a little bit about how, how did you pick Quinnipiac? Why did, why did you come here? Uh, so funny thing is, I, I always talk about pigeonholing myself. I told myself that I am going to a city school because I lived in a very rural area. I do right now. Uh, you know, the kind of farm area where I get stuck behind tractors before school. And I had to call the state police because there was a loose cow. Like that's where I live. And so I'm like, I'm going to the city and I'm going to be a working girl. And then my dad said, your mom really wants you to check out this school and I'm taking you to Quinnipiac. And I was like, I don't really, dad, you're taking me to a place that's in the middle of Connecticut. And then I went on campus and I went, oh my gosh, this is gorgeous. And then when I especially went to the three plus one day, um, it was all people within my major, within my school. And I don't know, it just all clicked. I met people, I met my roommate that day, some of my best friends that day. 
and just the teachers, the professors that I got to meet, um, felt like they truly cared about me as a person that even if I didn't chose to choose to go to Quinnipiac, they would still want, wish the best for me. So it was just a great environment that I found. And I'm so glad that my mom signed me up for the tour. <laughs> so I have to ask, cause I've, I've heard this from other students about, you know, Quinnipiac not being near a big city, but it's not even, it's from New York and two hours from Boston. The fact that you wanted to be, to go to a university in a big city, do you feel like you're missing out on something because you're at Quinnipiac, which is in Hamden, Connecticut? No, I don't. Uh, because like I said, the Connecticut uh, critic circle is just a great opportunity as well. And I'm not sure if I would have been given that same opportunity as opposed to a New York critic circle because there are just infinitely more students there. So now I get to join a smaller group. And I think that and also it's 15 minutes away from New Haven. And that's also a great city. So no, yeah. I don't feel like I'm missing out at all. Yeah. And the art scene in New Haven is pretty incredible. Yeah. My, uh, the professor who helped me get that position, who uh, encouraged me to apply, took me to see Billy Elliot. Uh, and it was fantastic. The campus is located 30 minutes away from, what is it? The Gooddale, the, I forget the name of it, but it's a state theater where so many talented individuals perform it's so close to us. So it's great. Sydney, you've done work uh, since you've been at Quinnipiac for Q30 TV. Tell me about that. And how did you get involved with Q30? Uh, I went on the media summit day. I was encouraged by my RA to go and all of us went. And I have been a lover of SNL ever since high school. Uh, I still, I just watched old clips last night to make myself laugh. Um, so when I went to the media summit, instantly when they described Quinnipiac tonight, I was like, that's what I have to join. I've also, like I said, been involved in theater. So to know that I could perform also was a great opportunity. Uh, so I was accepted onto the cast my freshman year. It's so much fun. I'm still involved. Uh, we're still talking about what next semester is going to look like. Uh, but they really encourage you to just get involved in all parts of the club. So I can be an actor and I can also be a writer and I can learn about what it's like to be on the crew a little bit. And that's what inspired me to choose my minor in film is I realized I loved everything about it. So um, I'm a writer, I'm an actor for Quinnipiac tonight. And then I ran their social media for a little bit, but then I had to go to Italy. Uh, so I'm hoping to reapply for that position this year. All right, favorite SNL character? Uh, I feel like it's so basic to say Stefan, uh, but <laughs> it just has to be Stefan. <laughs> Why Stefan? Oh, he's just, I just love Bill Hader. I feel like anyone that watches SNL, you have to love Bill Hader. But also, um, The Californians is also great. I, I turn that on whenever I'm feeling down. It always makes me laugh. So my wife grew up in Claremont, California, which is just south of L.A. And she says that is so accurate of people. You know, my aunt they, and uncle, uh, <laughs> they lived in California for 20 years and just moved to Philadelphia this year. And we're making them watch the Californians. And they're like, oh, my gosh, we can't yeah. believe we ever lived there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go old school. Uh, I'm going to go church lady. Yes, yes. I know exactly what you're talking about. And it's so funny, too, with the generational divide with SNL, because the other day, uh, my dad turned on, I forget what sketch it was. He's like, what do you mean you've never seen this one? I think it was more cowbell. I had never seen more cowbell. And he was just blown away that I'd never seen that. So uh, it's just so great that it's been running for 40 years. And it's something that everyone can love. It really brings people together. I, I have to admit, I used to have a living in a van down by the river t-shirt as well. 
That's so good. <laughs> All right, before we go, I need to ask favorite movie since you're going to be a or you want to be a, a critic. Favorite movie and why? Goodwill Hunting. I absolutely love Goodwill Hunting. Uh, I'm a lover of You Have to Have or Amadeus, but it's Goodwill Hunting. Um, I always say that I love characters. You always have to have strong characters to have a good movie. And I also say that writing, everything is important in film. Every person and every member matters, but writing is the essence of it. If you don't have a good screenplay, your actors don't have good content, no one has good content to build off of. So you need to have great characters and Goodwill Hunting, it's just, I can't even describe it. It's the perfect plot. It has very strong characters. And I just love Robin Williams. He's my favorite actor ever. And he just shines in that movie. So it's just a, a huge comfort movie for me. I absolutely love it. So I was good. Right here on my laptop, I'm looking at my sticker. It says, how you like them apples. Like, I love that movie so much. <laughs> so I was going to ask Matt Damon, Minnie Driver, or Robin Williams, but you've answered that question. I love him so much. All right. Sydney, we are out of time. I want to thank you for joining us on Uncommon Grounds. This has been great to catch up. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. That was Chris Rausch interviewing Sidney Reynolds, a third-year media studies major who has an apprenticeship with the Connecticut Critics Circle. Uncommon Grounds is hosted by Chris Rausch, a dean of the School of Communications at Quinnipiac University. The show is produced by myself, Mike Bachman. Our executive producer and director of community programming is David DeRoche. To learn more about all of our podcasts, visit qu.edu slash podcast. You can listen to our podcasts on the platform or app of your choice. And be sure to check us out on Twitter and Instagram at QUPodcasts. If you have a story to share or something you want us to talk about, find us on social media or shoot us an email. That address is QUPodcasts at QU.edu. On the next episode of Uncommon Grounds, Chris interviews Katie O'Keefe, a rising senior journalism major and the former host of Quinnipiac Live. Until then, keep your distance, wash your hands, and we'll see you next time. Thank you.